We're Daphne and Antoine Christian. Uh, we have two kids here with us, Roman and Bo. Bo is three, Roman is seven. And we are due any day now for baby number three, who's a girl. When we moved to Halifax five years ago, like all roads led to Nova, like, like through people that we knew that were already here or the pastors that we knew back in Ottawa. Um, and we kind of knew from the minute we walked in that like this was it, like this was gonna be home for us and this is where we were gonna raise our kids and this is like, there was just absolutely no question and there was no, there was never turning back for me anyway. I, through my years in the church with like my family and everything, the church would always ask, but there would never be anything significant given back to the community. It was always a take and never a give and take. I like that Nova for sure does give back to the community and it's shown every single day, Sunday. It doesn't matter when you look at anything, social media, talk to anybody from Nova Church, there's always something going on where they can give back to the community and that, that part I do enjoy the most. Well, I think for our family, it's like we're paving the road for our kids and it's not only something that we can you know, going back to the giving and receiving or giving and taking, like it's just a matter of, you know, that's what God tells us to do, is to give and to bless others. So by doing that through the church, it's giving opportunities for, like I said, our kids to kind of be part of something and, and see the good in, in all things and, you know, something for them to be part of and to continue to grow into as they become teenagers and adults and go on their own. Yeah, the key word in all that you just said is growth. Growth, growing, whether it starts with the kids. We're already here. We're leading and helping the young just get to where they want to be, figure themselves out. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't talk about is just helping others grow. And even if they are, you know, not at the young age, they can be older, you're still growing. Every single day is a, is a growth lesson. We are building a legacy. You're invited to build with us. You're invited to build with us. And since that video, Daphne and Antoine have had their little baby. And it was not in a manger, so we are excited about that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Gonna give you one more chance. Merry Christmas, everyone. So good. Glad you joined us today. Welcome online church. Glad you've joined us. We see you there. We see you in the comments. Glad you've watched us today. Let's think about this gathering when we gather together. And again, like, I don't know what it's like for you where you're sitting today, but I still have enjoyed this service. Uh, thank you for pushing up and pushing in. We're making room. Um, but I've so enjoyed this service. I don't know what it's like in the third row and 10th row and balcony, but 
I feel God's presence today. We've been praying. We prayed for this service in the prayer room this week. I prayed for other churches in our city, and God is up to something. And I was thinking about when we gather. If you're a guest today and AJ welcomed you, we're glad you're here. And we really hope you stop by the, the guest central wall. We have a gift for you. And if you're a guest here today or if this is your church, I want to remind you that we gather around when we come as, as, as Jesus followers or those that maybe will soon be Jesus followers. Or maybe you're just on a faith journey. You're not sure where you are. We gather around this, this ancient text, God's word, the Bible. And each Sunday we pull out passages that are truth that God uses to help us follow him. And when we gather, the goal is to be transformed to be more like him. It's not to be inspired. And sometimes we get that wrong and see if, if our goal was inspiration, then it's only a success if every time we gather, we feel emotion or we feel motivation. But if the goal is transformation, Every time we gather, the goal is direction from heaven and obedience from us. And our goal when we gather is to pull out the scripture truth that directs us, convicts us, encourages us as followers of Jesus. It's not just to come here, though we pray that you will be inspired and motivated. But our goal isn't to leave here going, I feel inspired, I made it through another week, I'm inspired and I'm motivated to come back next week. No, no. Our goal is to be transformed because we believe this book works on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It works in this room and every room you walk into, and that's our goal today. John 3.30 says, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And that's our goal. That when we walk out of here, that Mike Miller, there's, there's parts of Mike Miller that need to die, and there'll be less of me and more of him. And Jesus was born, Jesus was born to die so we could die to live. And I pray today more of me will die in this service. Uh, my selfishness and, and, and other parts of my life will die and more of him will become alive in me. And that's our goal. That's our common goal today. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. God, we pray for transformation today. We pray for transformed lives. God, we walked in one way. We pray we'd walk out more like you. God, the world needs a church that loves like you, that has hope like you have, that has um, service like you serve, that has power like you have. God, help us transform today to be transformed more into your likeness. Would you increase in our lives today? And would we decrease? God, I pray as we pull out truth now, even from your word, would you help me today? Speak only what you want me to speak. Would you help us hear what you want us to hear? Our goal is change today. Change us, Lord. We're so thankful that we're not where you found us. We're so thankful that you're helping us. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Today starts a new series for Christmas. Uh, called Christmas Gifts. I'm just going to turn around to make sure that is what it's called. It is. Sometimes I just forget what it's called. Uh, Christmas Gifts. And we're going to be pulling out truths from the Christmas story that are gifts um, to help our faith today. Truths from the Christmas story. I was telling our staff and team, I'm like, this is the only time all year everybody knows exactly where you're going for the next month. And we love it. We're going through the Christmas story. We're going to pull out some truths. But I believe some truths that are really gifts to our faith. We're going to pull out some truths that are going to help us today. If you have your Bible, can you turn it on or turn to Matthew chapter 1? I'm going to start reading from the Christmas story in verse 18. Um, and again, if you need a Bible, you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles um, at the table. We do, I think, have some Spanish Bibles. We had some Korean Bibles. We have French Bibles, I believe. I know we have English Bibles, but if you need a Bible, just grab one on the way out. I would love for you to grab one of those, and that's a gift for you. But Matthew chapter 1, start reading in verse 18. The birth of Jesus the Messiah. Um, by show of hands, who's in the Christmas spirit? 
Awesome. Okay, rest of you, humbug. If these trees do not help you, I don't know what's going to help you at this point. Um, maybe my sweater, I don't even know. But we're, we're in the Christmas spirit today. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, um, was going to... Um, um, was, a, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her in public, so he decided to break the engagement off quietly. Probably by text. <laughs> no, that, that would be 2023. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. He was going to break it off uh, quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are the name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Let's say that again. God is with us. And Joseph woke up. He did exactly as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife and took Mary as his wife. In this week one, the gift I want to unpack for you that I believe is going to uh, help us and transform our faith is the gift of presence, not with a T, presence. But his presence is a present, but the gift of presence. Let me ask you a question. What is one of your favorite Christmas gifts you've ever received? doesn't mean to be the most expensive or the best. doesn't need to be the, the, the most extravagant. Maybe, uh, maybe it was when you were 9 or 10 or maybe when you were 30. And online, if you're watching this, I would love for you to type in your, one, one of your favorite Christmas gifts ever. And I saw a hand go up here. I'm going to ask the crowd. We have someone. someone what's one of your favorite of all time? My mom made a box with a bunch of like, pictures and gifts and memory gifts. It was like a little memory box. Oh, oh. It was a memory box full of pictures I don't want that for Christmas. I want something expensive. No, I'm kidding. You want that for Christmas. That's a great gift. Anybody else have a favorite Christmas gift? Anyone? Anyone? They want to shout out? Jesus. No, I'm don't. Everybody's like, that should be the answer, but it's not. Anybody have a favorite Christmas gift? Yeah. Are you guys sisters? A scrapbook of memories from when you were a kid. Yeah, so precious. Favorite memories. Let me tell you about my favorite Favorite Christmas gift, um, 2004, 2004, um, um, we had Josh and in April, and sweet little kid, never had hair until he was five, and we prayed for hair and height, and he got both, uh, so sweet. Uh, and then quickly thereafter, um, Nancy became pregnant with our second son, Ethan, who died in, in uh, <coughs> I thought, I'm not emotional, but this, this isn't the point, it's a good story. Uh, just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. But we lost, we lost Ethan in pregnancy, and, um, and we lost him. Uh, and I always forget, remember it, because the same night that the Parade of Lights is on. So don't let that affect your mood next time you're at the Parade of Lights. But we were inside the hospital watching the parade go by after we lost our son. And, um, and then the doctor said to us, um, you have no problem getting pregnant. Yeah, baby. Uh, but you have a hard time staying pregnant. And we advise that you don't have any more any more kids. We advise that you're, you should be one and done. And if you know my wife, she wasn't going to take that advice. Uh, she's like, no, we're having more kids. 
uh, and we prayed and we believed and we felt peace from God. And, and God blessed us. And a few months later, she became pregnant with Maddie. And um, she was on bed rest, and we were careful, and we prayed, and we were careful, and we, she just rested. And then on December 16th, 2006, in the Christmas season, our little gift, Maddie Renee Miller, was born. And she is my favorite Christmas gift ever. If you know Maddie, she is a vibe. She is a lot of work and energy and passion. She's the funniest person. I will say this publicly, the funniest person I've ever met in my life. It goes her. And then it goes Jack Black. But Maddie is the funniest person I've ever met in my life. And, and, and Maddie is a gift for us. And, and not just on that day, December 16th, 2006, but Maddie's presence, Maddie's life has been a gift for us our whole life. And it only gets better. We, we have a nickname for her. We called her Mouse because for the first year, she didn't make a peep, didn't make a sound. And then from that point on, she's made up for it with a lot more sounds and a lot of words. Got a lot of words. A lot of hair, a lot of words, a lot of life. And I love you. If you're watching, she's home not feeling well today. If you're watching, I love you. But she is my favorite Christmas gift ever. There's this line. There's this line I've seen in Christmas commercials over my lifetime. And it's, it goes like this. Um, the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know if you've heard that term before. The gift that keeps on giving. And I've heard it about diamond commercials. I've heard it in all these different commercials. So I looked it up this week. The first time it was ever used in advertising, that line, the gift that keeps on giving, was in 1928 with Hot Point Appliances. And this was during the, the 28, 1928 Christmas season, um, which almost 100 years ago, uh, Hot Point ran ads saying, give mother what she really wants this season, an all-white Hot Point electric range, an oven. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, I, I, don't, I can't speak for everyone in this room. Uh, husbands, your wife does not want that for Christmas this year. Don't give her that. If, if she wants that gift, you need to get that in writing, signed, dated, and a picture because that is not the gift that keeps on giving. And even if she signed, I would still attach maybe a $100 HomeSense card to that oven just to be safe. Isn't that interesting? The gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. In Matthew 1 today, we talked, we read from the Christmas story. It says, you'll give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It's interesting, God with us. We read this as a Christmas story, and sometimes I got to fight through the, the, the tradition and, the, and, and just the, the numbness of, of doneness and going and seeing Woody the Talking Christmas tree. Oh, he's back. If you haven't been terrified, go to the Micmac Mall. There's a tree there. It's part of our heritage and childhood. And you go through the carols and the malls, and you can kind of get up lost, and it's just Christmas. But you need to know that in Matthew 1, when Jesus is born and the angel comes that he'll be called Jesus, he is Emmanuel, God with us. It was a radical shift and change in history. Up to that point, people went looking for random encounters with God. Up to that point, there was no consistency. You couldn't find God. You didn't have him with you. You had to seek him and hopefully run into him or him come running after you. God, you had to have him random encounters, and God showed up surprising people. Moses. Moses climbed a mountain looking and hoping to find God. God showed up and shocked Noah in the desert with a building project of a boat. He wasn't expecting it. Samuel was surprised by God in his sleep as a child, hearing the voice of God giving him direction for his life. When God encountered people, it was random, it was unprovoked, 
and it was a surprise. Matthew 1, the Christmas story, is a radical shift in the plan of God and the way God moves. Up to that point is he might be on a mountain. He might be in a burning bush. He, he, he might speak through a prophet. He, you might encounter him. Maybe he'll, like getting the angel will show up when you're hiding because you're full of fear and speak courage over your life, but it was random. In Matthew 1, God shows up and says, heaven speaks down and says, no, no, from now on, I will be with you. You'll have my presence, God with us. It's a radical shift. Christmas is a celebration of the gift of God being with us. We need to let this marinate into our spirit and cut through the, the numbness of religion and tradition that so, what we celebrate in this season is more than just tinsel and trees and, a, and gifts and a tree. It's actually this, this, this pivot in history where God says, no, 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 I am coming down to be with you. It's a radical shift. It's a radical shift. The Father gave Jesus. The Father said he will be Emmanuel, God with us. Hebrews 13, 5, look at this on the screen behind me. It speaks to the gift of his presence that compares to nothing else. You need to know today, if you've experienced God, nothing compares to his presence. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Another version says, I'll never abandon you. What he's saying is nothing can compare to the realization that I am with you. God gave Jesus and said, he'll be Emmanuel with you. Interesting, Jesus then gave us his Holy Spirit and Jesus says, he the helper will be with you. John 14, verses 16 and 17. I'll ask the Father, Jesus says, and he'll give you another advocate. Another version says a helper who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads in all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Listen, God is not distant. He is not far. He's not random. It's not a surprise. There's a shift, and what we celebrate at Christmas is this truth, the gift of his presence. God is with us. God is with us. Christmas is the gift of God with us. It's interesting today. Mary, Mary had this story, and we, we talk about this story, and all over this city and all over the country, kids will be reenacting Christmas stories with bathrobes being shepherds and There'll be nativity scenes and there'll be Charlie Brown's Christmas. And we'll, we'll, we'll tell the story about of Jesus being born to a virgin and her fiance and her husband Joseph as they come into the inn and they can't find room in the inn. It's been, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a famous story ever since. And they find themselves in a stable with, with hay and burn animals, a king being born into the most um, poor conditions, which speaks about the heart of our God. And every other kingdom has people sacrificing to, 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 to serve and to give the best to their king. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm coming not on a chariot, not with an entourage, not with pageantry. I'm coming to serve and give everything for my people. He's born into a stable. And it's interesting today, talking about God with us. On this first Sunday of Christmas, I just want it to resonate with you. There's a shift, people. We celebrate that God is with us. Mary didn't birth Jesus in the stable and then leave him there and go on with the plans of her life. We talk about the Christmas, even today we sang about the garden to the, to, uh, from the garden to the grave. To, we, talked about the, we talked about how Jesus was, died on the cross and rose again, but even starting back at the, at the cradle, at the manger in the stable, 
Mary did not give birth to Jesus, have this moment, and then leave him there. We'd call that neglect at best. Criminal at worst. If Mary didn't leave Jesus at the manger, church, don't leave Jesus at church. We read this story, and she has this baby boy. And, and I was just celebrating with Jake and Gabby as they, 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 they've recently had a baby. And I'm like, man, like, I said to Jake, I was like, I say all the time that women are tougher than men. And people think it's a joke until you see childbirth. They're like, oh, no, I get what you're saying. And I'm like, isn't it amazing? He's like, she's so strong. And you imagine without painkillers and the discomfort. And we, we, we paint the story of cute sheep and they're all behaving and looking at the baby, right? And the, the donkey. It wasn't like that. It was random and smelly and chaotic and animals coming and going and people putting animals in and leaving. And they were a bother and in the way. And they were just trying to find somewhere dry without mice, without manure, without wind, without rain, without the cold coming in. In the middle of all that, she had this baby and she gave birth to this baby, but she didn't leave him there. And so many times we immortalize Jesus as in a manger, but at some point they took him out of the manger and moved on. If Mary didn't leave Jesus in the manger, don't leave him here on Sundays. He is God with us. And so many times, I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes I can compartmentalize and leave him here. Just, I'll be back next Sunday. Something like, oh, I'll, bring my, I'll open my Bible next Sunday. I'll open the Bible app next Sunday. I'll think about him on Saturday night when I'm trying to find clothes for Sunday morning. i got to plan my schedule for next Sunday. Don't leave him here. The old model was you would show up to the temple and then you would try to meet with God and someone would speak for you. But Matthew 1 is a radical shift. It's not God, go visit. It's not God, hopefully he'll surprise you. It's not God, go climb a mountain and maybe find a chance to earn time with him with Moses did with the Ten Commandments. There's a shift that happens in Matthew 1 where God goes, no, no, now he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus goes, the Holy Spirit is with you, but soon he will be in you, meaning there's a power inside of you. There is a shift that happens here, and the gift, the best gift of all is now God is with us. When was the last time you were in a room but you weren't alone? When was the last time you were aware that God is with you in every moment, on highs and lows, in, in, in tragedy and in strategy? You have God with you. There's a shift that happens here. I want to give you two points today of how to, how to receive this gift of the presence of God. I've learned this, that I love giving gifts. Sometimes it's harder to receive gifts. Anybody else like that? Like, you love blessing people, but it's hard. I, I, I love that the, the old Pentecostal handshakes. Remember those ones? Some of, you don't know, some of you need a good Pentecostal handshake. Yeah, you haven't had one of those. You're thinking, what does that entail? There's usually money involved. And some, usually some old guy in the church would walk up to a young guy, and he'd, he'd wrap a $20 bill in his hand and walk up and shake your hand. I love some Pentecostal handshakes. I think we need some more Pentecostal handshakes in church. Listen, like, I love blessing people. Some of you are so good at blessing people. I find it harder to receive sometimes. So hard when someone blesses you and they don't want anything, they just want to bless you. You're like, man, they give you, like, a big box full of pictures from your childhood. And it's like, wow, what do I do with that? Or they give you a scrapbook with amazing pictures. Or it's hard. Listen, sometimes we're so good at giving, but I want to encourage you how to receive this gift of his presence today. 
In this Christmas season, I've said it to our, my, our family, we even said it today with, with friends, I'm committed to not just going through this season and pulling off church as a pastor and Christmas at Nova. I want to experience the presence and the spirit of Christmas. I want to experience the presence of God with us. How do you receive this gift? One thought I had today is make room. Make room. We know it's famously in the story, there's no room at the inn. It's interesting, Jesus was so close by for so many people passing by, there are people checking into the room, into the, in the head reservations. They already had reservations. Maybe they had more money, and they could bump people, and people were close to Jesus, but they missed him. He was so close, but yet they missed him. There's something about making room. We vilify the innkeeper, but I see the innkeeper in my own life sometimes, and it most likely, the reason why he didn't give them room, he didn't know that he was going to be the savior of the world. He didn't know that it was the king of kings. He didn't know that it's where time would be divided on the life of this baby that was coming. He had no way. Mary, did you know? The innkeeper did, definitely didn't know what was about to happen in this moment. And I don't think the innkeeper was cruel. Most likely it was busyness. He probably wasn't working the desk. He probably wasn't working the front door when someone walked through going, hey, I, I, I got, I got, my, my, my wife's out here. She's pregnant. She's due any moment. He probably was, he was probably busy with other guests or cleaning up things or setting up things or maybe even putting up decorations or dealing with problems or doing payroll or going through schedules or getting errands or getting groceries for the food for the guests. It was probably busyness. I don't think it was cruelty. Maybe he didn't see the, the, the woman, obviously, in the start of childbirth, in, in the start of that journey, and there was no chance for compassion. The busyness maybe kept him. Maybe it wasn't busyness. Maybe it was greed. Maybe he thought, well, like, they're paying twice as much, and if you had booked earlier, but you didn't, and um, this person, there's two of you, and they're going to, I don't know, maybe, like, they're going to pay more. This is a business traveler, and maybe he can give me more money, and I, I don't want to give this up to you guys, and it's obviously going to be messy and loud, and I don't know what's going on here. It looks a little sketchy to me, so I'm going to go with someone that I know is going to guarantee that their credit card is not going to bounce, that they're going to be able to pay their debts. You don't seem like you have a lot. I don't know if it was busyness or greed, but it's interesting that the innkeeper was close, but he missed out. He was close to the event. Please don't miss this, but he was so far from an encounter. Other people traveled great distances. The innkeeper was within distance where he could hear the cries. And he was close enough to be, uh, to, to be, in, to be around Jesus, but far enough away that he wasn't in his presence. I have an encounter. Oh, make room this Christmas. I don't know what you have to do to make room, but make room in your heart for Jesus. Make room. Slow down this Christmas. I'm not joking. I said to Nancy, I'm driving slow all Christmas. So if you're behind me, good luck. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm putting it on this, I'm putting it three over the speed limit, and that's it. I'm not in a hurry. Why? Because inside, I feel so rushed. Am I the only one? I'm like, I'm like a duck, right? You ever see a duck on top of the water, they're just all calm? But underneath the water, they're doing this. I don't know what I, what I project. Maybe like, no, you don't seem calm. You talk fast and you walk fast. But I, I'm trying to be calm, but sometimes inside, I got stuff I'm dealing with and errands and to-do lists and notifications and people I got to get back to and all this stuff that has to happen. I'm saying, no, I'm not going to miss out on God with us. Can I encourage you this Christmas, slow down. Slow down. Because you'd be close enough to maybe be in a service, close enough to maybe be around a carol, but you'll miss an encounter. You'll miss his presence. Push other things out of the top spot on your priorities. Push other things out that get your attention. I don't know what that is for you. 
But slow down. Slow down. Make room. Make room with him in your heart. Sing carols. And look at them and read them and understand what they're saying and make room in your spirit. Make room in your life. Slow down. Second thing, how can you receive this gift? Because before you know it, we'll be talking about New Year's and New You in 2024. But I think God wants to speak to us in this season. What's the second one? I would say make effort. It's interesting, the wise men, and there's more than three of them. If you, if you study history, there, nowhere does it say there was three of them. There was a lot of them. In fact, not only was there a lot of these magi, these wise men, but there was, they would have had an entourage. They would have had servants and people traveling, and they would have had armor guards, and they would have had um, armies, and they would have had supply chains for their journey. And They say that this journey, depending on uh, who you study, anywhere from 400 to 700 miles they traveled, they would have had supplies and clothes and tents. And in fact, it was such a large entourage. It wasn't just three wise men coming with a box each or an Amazon gift card. It was such a large entourage that King Herod heard from people they were coming and he thought it was an invading army. That's why he sent messengers going, hey, why are you here? What can we do to help you? He thought, if these people have violent intent, they could throw over my kingdom. They could take over the cities. That's how large this was. It's interesting, the wise men and their entourage traveled up to 700 miles. That's a lot of work. But they had heard that the king of the universe, the Messiah, was being born. And they said, we have to make room and we have to make effort. And it says they traveled great distance through great hardship to be there. The shepherds, standing in their fields, heard the announcement and they made effort. They, they left other responsibilities in urgency. Possibly lost prophets, guarding sheep. They had to quickly reorganize and rechange and get someone to come in and do this because they had to go to see this king, to see what heaven was shouting about, what heaven was cheering and hell was fearing. They had to see it for themselves, and they made effort to be there. Church, work at connecting with Jesus this year. Sing the carols with intention. Plan to connect together at church. Get a plan for his presence. Get a plan. Listen, if it's not on your calendar, it won't be on your heart. This is what I've realized in my life. If it's not on my calendar, it very rarely gets my attention. The gym is on my calendar. Family time is on my calendar. Picking up my daughter from school on her free is on my calendar. Staff meeting is on my calendar. Rest is on my calendar. Why? Because if it's not on my calendar, it's not on my mind. If it's not on my mind, it won't be in my heart. I need to get a plan. Listen, get a plan for his presence. Make effort. If you've been around here for any amount of time, we're not that church. Be here. Get here. You gotta be here. You gotta be faithful. This is not that talk. Works don't get you to heaven. But sometimes some effort will help you enjoy his presence. The Bible says, seek first. You can't make the kingdom happen. You can't build the kingdom. You can't earn the heaven, but you can seek it. And you can inherit it. I want to encourage you in this season not only to make room in your heart, make room in your schedule, but make some effort. This Christmas, let him be with you. Don't leave him here. Don't leave him at that small group. Don't leave him in that moment. Bring him with you. Don't leave him in your past. Remember Christmases as a kid? Remember those moments I had? Remember, remember, remember when God showed up in real power in the 90s? Remember 2006, the year that was? Remember 
when we felt God's presence, don't leave him in your past. Don't leave him here at church. Don't just wait until 2024 to really just lean in to God. He is Emmanuel God with us, not the God that was, not the God that will be. He is the God that is with us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 16. Now may the Lord of peace. Can you feel that peace today? That peace wants to invade your chaos. May the peace, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times in every situation. Yeah, that, this, I only feel peace when I'm in this room. I only feel peace when I'm relaxing at home. I only feel peace when I'm with my therapist. I only feel peace when I'm with this people group. I only feel peace when I'm, he says, no, no, let him give you your peace at, at all times in every situation. Trying to book that plane ticket. Trying to go over your budget. Trying to navigate that marriage. Trying to deal with your thoughts and your habits. The God of, Lord of peace at all times, in every situation. Watch this. The Lord be with you all. He's not random and he's not unplanned and he's not surprising you, he is with you. He's wanting to be with you at all times. Today, I wanna to pray for two groups of people and we're gonna worship and we're gonna sing about his presence. All over this place, if we can stand to our feet. Before we get ready to sing today. Just close your eyes for a moment for privacy. I wanna to talk to the believers in the room that you love Jesus. You're walking with Jesus. You would say you're a Jesus follower. But you say that you're distant today. Maybe a little faded. Maybe disconnected. You're going to heaven. You love Jesus. But there's a numbness or a disconnection on your heart today. I want to pray that you will be reminded that God is with you. I want to pray for a freshness of the very Spirit of God, Emmanuel. This, his Holy Spirit who is in you, empowering, filling you today. I wanna pray for an awakening on your heart again, a stirring of your spirit again. I reminded that he's not only is he here on Sunday mornings, but he's with you when you walk out these doors. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this church. Oh God, would you just direct us right now? Would you convict us right now? Would you encourage us right now? God, I cut through disappointment right now that maybe has made hearts cold. I cut through experiences that maybe has worn us down. Father, I pray weariness would be no match for the King of Kings. I pray anxiety be no match for the Lord of Lords. I pray disappointment would be no match for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for God, you to be with us. And I pray for an overwhelming sense of your presence. I pray for every heart and every life in this room, over families, over parents, over singles, over teenagers, over kids. I pray your spirit filled. Oh, may this be the best Christmas ever. God with us. God with us. Peace at all times and always. Come Holy Spirit in this room.
second group I want to pray for is you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You're like, Mike, I've come to church. Maybe I used to go to church. Maybe I've never gone to church, but I know church. I don't really understand. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is the baby that was born to die for my sins. He is God with us, that Jesus is God's son and that he has a plan for your life and he's here to connect you with God again and you can follow him and live for him and learn from him. He'll change your life. He forgives your past and he leads you into your future and he is with you today. If you've never prayed that prayer, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess a prayer. I want Jesus. With every head bowed just for a moment, I'm only gonna ask you to raise your hand in a moment if that's you, it's not everybody. Many of you in this room have already prayed that prayer, but you've never prayed that prayer. Maybe you walked away and you walked in here today or maybe you're watching online and you're like, man, I need, to, I need to know Jesus. I need to follow Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never done it or I, or I walked away on it. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. And I believe today a miracle is gonna happen that God will come with us. You may have walked in like the innkeeper close to the experience, but far from his presence. But you're gonna walk out knowing God is with you in your assignment. With every head bowed, if that's you, on the count of three. One, it's not everybody, but it's somebody in this room. Two, it's your best Christmas ever. God is going to be with you. He's gonna fill your life. He's gonna lead you. He's gonna wash away the shame and the pain of your past. And he's gonna walk into your future and he's gonna be with you today. Three, all over this place, if that's you. Raise your hand and put it right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see that hand. Balcony, one more time. I'll look up at you. Anyone else up there? Thank you. Can I pray? Can we all pray together? Can we all pray this prayer together? If you lifted your hand or if you've already prayed this prayer, can we say this together? Say it after me. It's a part of the confess with your mouth part. Something happens in your life. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. Today, I give you my life. Take my past. Lead me into tomorrow and be with me today. I need you, Jesus. Make yourself real to me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, can we sing this song today with the presence of God? Can he be God with us today? Listen, Mary didn't leave him in a manger. Don't leave him here. He's the God that's with us. Let's sing this today. Make room right now. Make effort. Sing this with intention and watch what God wants to do. Oh, how I, I need your presence, a touch of heaven here on earth. Father, call us, send your revival, your spirit's arrival here in me. Come on, church.
because relations are strained. He's with you at work. He's with you. And my Bible says if God is for us, God is with us, who can be against us? He's with you today. I bless you with the peace in all things, at all times, in every place. May God be with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, we love you. Next Steps Class 3 is happening. Guests, don't forget, go by the wall. We'd love to see you for a minute. Tickets for experience are going out at 1 o'clock. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless.